Welcome. Mabuhay. Selamat datang. Tabe. This is Eco-Connected, the podcast where we discuss the interconnectedness of people, culture, and the environment with a focus on Southeast Asian perspectives. We are Ari, Erika, Athena, and Sumarni, a group of Southeast Asian youth bounded by our advocacy for the environment. Each week, we will talk about environmental challenges in Southeast Asia, modern and traditional conservation methods, and ways that you can connect and tune into the environment in a time where humanity continues to lose touch with the natural world. Hello. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hi. Good morning. Morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good. 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 It's morning guys, right? But maybe for our yeah. listeners, they might listen it at night or something. <laughs> but it's morning yeah. for us, everybody. Hi. It's a. I think it's a Sunday morning, so like yeah, everything's just. Uh, we just woke up as well, but we're doing this podcast for listeners, uh, wherever you are and whatever time that you're in. So how about we introduce ourselves first? Yeah. Sure. Um, Yeah, so uh, I, I guess I'll go first. Um, my name is Ari. Um, I I'm actually an undergraduate doing um, biological sciences, and I'm an extremely extreme advocate for environment in a way. So uh, that's a bit about me. Um, Fatin, how about you? Cool. Um, hi everybody. My name is Fatin. I'm from Malaysia. Um, I used to be a science student, um, very much on the ecology side of science. Um, but then I, after graduated, I worked in the envir- environmental education um, sector for a year. And then now I'm uh, doing my master's, uh, my postgrad um, in Indigenous Peoples uh, Forest Stewardship. Yeah, that's a bit about me. Right. Thank you, Fatin. Uh, you've mentioned you're from Malaysia. I forgot to say where I'm from, <laughs> but um, I'm I'm from Brunei, Darussalam, and um, yeah, basically I study at the National University at University of Brunei Darussalam. But yeah, that um, that's where I'm from. Uh, how about you, Sumarni? Um, that is similar to Fatin. I'm also doing my master degree in public policy and also focus on indigenous community. Now, I'm also working with a grassroots community in Palangkaraya, Indonesia, to empower young people and also uh, supporting the indigenous community regarding their uh, rest- uh, restoration effort and also um, advocating about the right of indigenous people. Okay, and the last one, Erica. Okay, I guess it's my turn now. So, uh, hi to the listeners. My name is Erica, and I'm from the Philippines. Um, uh, unlike Fatin and Simarni, I do not have a master's yet, but I graduated with a background in geography. And ever since graduating, I've uh, done a forest conservation projects. I've also worked with um, indigenous peoples before, similar to Fatin and Sumarni. So that's a bit about me. Thank you. And I think from there, uh, we've all introduced ourselves. And maybe uh, maybe it's time to tell our listeners why 
we're here today. So I am um, I will be sort of like the moderator or the host for today's podcast. And what we're going to share in this uh, episode is basically how we, um, the members of the E-Connected podcast, how we've met and our personal environmental advocacies and stories uh, that made us reach where we are today and also how this we're going to talk about how this podcast is developed and also uh, the visions that we have for this podcast in the near future so now that we have that sorted out maybe we should tell our listeners first uh, where we all started which is through the young southeast asian leaders initiative program or as we call it ycli Okay. okay. I, maybe I can I can take on that. Um. So YC Lee, people might have like wondered, wondering like what is it all about? Um. It's actually an acronym for Young Southeast Asian Leaders Initiative. Um. Uh, it's by the U.S. government. It's a signature program by the U.S. government. Um. The aim is uh, solely by its name, which is C, which is Southeast Asian. So they're trying to strengthen the leadership development and networking of uh, Southeast Asian, particularly the um young people. Um, and as well, the so throughout this whole program, um, the the I mean throughout of with YCD, uh, they do different kind of programs and also engagements, um, including the U.S. educational and cultural exchanges. Um, but for our uh, program, particularly, it's called the YCD Academic uh, Fellowship Program. Uh, America, do you want to um, speak a little bit about the particularly yeah. the program that we were in? Yeah, so as Fatin mentioned, uh, uh, the, the YCLE program does cultural and educational exchanges. And where we met actually is through the YCLE Academic Fellows Program. So this program uh, brings undergraduates or um, people who have recently graduated, such as uh, me, Fatin, and Simarini, and uh, between the ages of 18 to 25 to the United States, uh, usually, this is for a five-week uh, program in United States, but for us, we had to do parts of it virtually, and soon we will meet each other in the States. So under the academic program, there's actually three themes. Uh, first, there is the civic engagement. Next, there's the entrepreneurship and economic development theme. But for us, we are uh, under the environmental issues and natural resources management. So maybe Sumarini can uh, expand more on the fellowship program we're in. Yeah, yeah. Actually, four of us joined the Wesley Academic Fellow on Environment, Issue and Natural Resources Management in Montana University uh, cohort. And actually, the Wesley Academic Fellow on Environment it's uh, more explores about the uh, the role of environment policy play in the economic and political de- uh, developments. Uh, the, uh, the fellowship will use experiential learning technique to explore uh, participant to current uh, team in the field, including the climate change, sustainable development, sustainable agricultures, and food security. Actually, all the topics are very interesting. Uh, I got a lot of new knowledge when I joined the um, a wisely academic fellow on employment issue 
uh, in Montana University. And Pella will also explore the issue from numerous angels, uh, such as local grassroots activism and civil initiative impact on marginalized communities. That's also one of my favorite topics. Because it's uh, rarely because uh, in another uh, program explore about the marginalized community and also private sector approach uh, global multi multilateral effort also. Pella will also have the opportunity to meet with the community leaders. Uh, we met with the uh, American native uh, leaders and also the representative of non-profit organizations. Um, yeah, that's all. All right. So I hope the listeners got a good picture of how the YCD program is and also how, you know, the environmental fellowship program entails, uh, the one that we were in. But now, you know, let's go into the really personal stories. So uh, what made you apply to YCD, uh, guys? Uh, maybe you can start with Fatin. Well, as for me... Um... It's really, I was just looking at the name of the program itself, like YC League. Uh, it says Southeast Asian and then it says leaders. So I was like, oh, maybe this is a good way to actually meet um, other Southeast Asian um, like young people. Uh, because I think with the work that I've been doing with the youth in Malaysia, um, it's very much uh, about Malaysia. Like I didn't know much of what uh, environmental issues are happening within the region itself. Um, so I guess it was such a good um, platform to actually meet other South Asian uh, people. And then we were during, even during the discussion, we were talking about, um, you know, issues like logging, deforestation and stuff like that. And you were like, hey, it's exactly the same uh, in, in my country. So that's interesting to see. Um, um, and, and we were also throughout the academic fellowship, we also got the chance to um talk from people from the Montana University and they were giving us the US perspective of things, I guess. So uh, we had a little bit of both worlds um, having to compare uh, what it's like in Malaysia, what it's like in Southeast Asia region and what it's like in, um, in, in, in the US. So I think that was that's given me such a great perspective, um, I would say, yeah. And I think that's really interesting and just the difference in perspectives right there. Uh, how about you, Erica? Yeah. So for me, um, I've actually known about the YCLE Academic Fellowship for like, I don't know, maybe more than five years now, but I've only really applied last year, primarily because I was working um, in a project where there are multiple stakeholders involved. And as Somarni explained a while ago, uh, the program describes itself as having um, the program describes itself as having a perspective from, for example, local grassroots, and then also from uh, NGO stakeholders, maybe even the private sector. So for me, that was really one of the selling points which made me apply. But at the same time, uh, similar to Fatin. Um, I was also excited to meet other Southeast Asian youth like myself, who's, I guess, experiencing um, what I experience here in the Philippines and who's also uh, working in forest conservation and with indigenous peoples. Like, I really just wanted to meet like-minded people. And I'm glad that uh, in the program, I actually 
got to meet <laughs> I actually got to meet you guys I got to meet people who had the same uh, wavelength in terms of environmental advocacies Erika, so, one thing for sure we have in common is the sound of the um, chickens <laughs> Yeah, I think sure. that's something that all yeah. of us can resonate to. Like chickens mm. outside of the house. Yes, yes. That's yes. The chickens when we want know to join in Asian. as well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe Ari, Ari can um, tell us why he wanted to join YC. Well, um, for me, right? Uh, I guess how I got into like uh, the interest of advocating in the environment was actually uh, if. I remember correctly was um, actually during one of my primary classes a long time ago, like uh, they taught me about uh, how important protecting the environment is, how uh, the effects of the modern day uh, chemical uh, sort of like waste that pollutes the environment, they are detrimental to the environment, right? So from that young of an age, uh, I really got into environmentalism, but at, at the same time, I was a really sort of like shy kid. It wasn't until uh, university that uh, slowly got confident and, you know, like really get, getting into the environmental uh, act here in Brunei. Although it's a uh, small steps, I think the first step I thought was actually looking at this uh, Wesley uh, Academic Fellow uh, Program. So um, they had one on uh, the team environmental issues. So I just straight away applied for it and you know, because like, I, I really want to learn more, especially from a different perspective, and also to connect with people in the region to to know what they're facing in their own countries as well. You know, uh, you might not know that uh, their solutions could be solutions in my country as well. So I was I was really passionate to learn uh, in, in the sense of the word. And, um, and I think that's how I really got into uh, the advocacy and slowly as well I'm sort of like expanding uh, you know eventually one of, one of the steps is creating this podcast as well so uh, that's really something and I feel like uh, in in the near future as well it, it's important for us as youth to uh, shape the future and protect uh, the environment at the same time to to conserve it for the future uh, generations and I think that's an element that's been uh, within me from years now, and it's still in me today as well, and the main driver of what I'm doing today. So yeah, that's that's a bit about me. Uh, how about you, Sumani? Actually, all of you already sum up all the reason why I fly for Wisely, but I think I wanted to add more. Um, I always you know, uh, in in Indonesia, I traveled, uh, my first travel to overseas uh, was to Malaysia. So I wanted to fly away <laughs> to another country. And then uh, when my professor say that, oh, there is opportunity uh, for exchange students to uh, US, I was okay. I wanted to, I wanted to grab the opportunity and actually it was my first time apply for Wesley, very last minute, 15 minutes, I'm not mistaken, uh, before it end, I applied very last minute and uh, thanks God I got the opportunity and here I am with all of you guys, um, get uh, connected to like-minded people and also order 20 uh, young leader from Southeast Asia, 
that have a great patience in improvement and also care for the future. And also um, learns, uh, I also learned from a modern word from UA's perspective about improvement and something that I really, uh, you know, I never think uh, is about during the classes in the uh, Montana University, uh, we learn also from the indigenous people there. So it's really amazing uh, experience. Uh, that, I think that's wonderful, Sumani. Uh, you did it last minute. And at the same time, I think that really tells of someone's ability. But yeah, yeah um, uh, this, this brings me uh, to the question. Uh, did, did you guys think that your expectations for the YCLE program were met? Was there any uh, particular classes that you've enjoyed? Well, as for me, um, I think because this year, because of COVID and all, we cannot really travel um, like last year. So it was done in a very hybrid way. And we've done the first part of it. So I can only talk about the first part of it, which is the online classes. And um, I think it's really interesting on the different topics that we've spoken about throughout the whole um, online course. Um, and like Sumarni said, we got this like we got to experience different like perspectives um we, we met the indigenous leaders and then we we met people who are in academia and then we met people who are uh, doing community level work so you can see that these uh, different level of uh, work being done um focusing on environmental issues which is really really inspiring and for me particularly the class that i really enjoyed was with uh, miss uh, Caroline, I think, if I'm not mistaken. She's doing the, she's one of the coordinators, the climate change adaptation coordinator for the Missoula area. Um, I think for me in Malaysia, particularly, um, it's a bit top down approach when it comes to um, climate action. Um, so seeing that in other country, uh, for example, in, in the US, um, particularly in Missoula, it's being done in a very local way. Um, that really inspired me saying that, oh, maybe that's possible uh, in, in Malaysia if we, if we um, have this mindset of we have the global vision, um, which is climate adaptation, but then we do it in a very localized way. Um, so I think I was really inspired by that. And I was wondering in, in Malaysia with the, the type of governance that we have, um, how is that possible and how I can play a role and how young people can play a role. Um, so I think it goes back to exposure, like Sumani said, having to see uh, how people from other countries are doing it, you kind of like feeling, you can't help but feeling, you know, inspired and um, uh, energized with all these uh, fresh ideas. Um, so it was really such a good platform for me to uh, be exposed to um, local actions from other countries and also from the point of view of a Malaysian, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm going to take it as it is and then do it in my own country because that's not how local actions work. It really mm. is about looking at it and then see, oh, how would it work in the kind of governance or in the kind of environment that I'm in right now? So um, that was really a good experience for me. Ari. Exactly, exactly, uh, Fatin. And I think, you know, like just, just to give my point of view of things, I really liked um, the climate resiliency uh, action as well by Caroline. That topic was really interesting. And I think uh, I could relate to some of your points as well, because uh, I, I was viewing it from a point of view that uh, this is actually something new that 
we could implement, especially in my country, because uh, change doesn't have to really happen at you know always at the government level, right? It it could be enacted as well uh, from the community, and you know, truth be told, like that's where most change happens if uh, it happens at a community level. And I I really like that exposure from her. It was a really interesting class. And I think I particularly enjoyed uh, Dr. Dan Spencer's class on et- environmental ethics. Um, that that really, uh, you know, just reeled me in to like sort of uh, new perspectives of thinking, especially the things that we take for granted nowadays, like uh, eating meat, for example. Uh, and right now, actually, like when I th- when I'm eating meat, I think about, oh, how how is this meat like slaughtered? Is it uh is it was it safe or is it like you know uh filled with antibiotics and stuff like that so uh, that really uh brought uh, me to a sort of like a new perspective towards uh where our food was sourced and stuff like that and uh, the ethics of eating as well in, in a sense and i think it was called moral eating was it or something like that yeah so that was that was really interesting uh for my point of view those two classes uh, how about you Suman? well i also like uh, those two classes but actually i like all the class because like Python say uh, it's bring all the perspective from the government perspective the local community perspective indigenous community perspective modern uh modern world perspective but i also like the doctor's dance uh class because you know, sometimes I I wonder why people have a different perspective regarding improvement. Like why people only focus on gaining more economic benefit rather than focusing on their uh, their surrounding, their people, their uh, their future generation. Why they only think about it? But when I joined the Dan class, actually actually Doctor Dan have two classes if I'm not mistaken, two or three classes, and another classes are. The moral um, uh, thing is about the perspective, uh, people perspective, different people perspective. And during his classes, I understand ah oh, why people have this kind of standing, why they have this kind of point of view. And sometimes we cannot just blame people just because we have different perspective. Doesn't mean that other people uh, are wrongs. Um, maybe they have their uh, own. Um, point of view because of their backgrounds or um yeah and then during his class i understand that how we can engage uh those people how we can have a uh, you know solution in the end we yes we have different perspective but how we can work together to find the solutions that we cares about that's uh one of my favorite uh, class but uh, i also have another uh, favorite class from the indigenous leaders uh, regarding the fires or wow, that's awesome. that's i could say the number one <laughs> favorite because you know um for a long time people have a you know misunderstanding indigenous knowledge for so a long time and then now people start to realize that indigenous knowledge indigenous knowledge even though it's quite different with a scientific method, the way they uh, obtain the knowledge, the way they apply that. And, but they have a, you know, uh, a meaning, they have also uh, truth behind it that, that, you know, the scientific have not uh, discovered it yet. And during the class uh, regarding the fire, I understand that 
conceptions about fires, how the, you know, because in central Kalimantan, in my hometown, one of the major issue, uh, annual issue is the forest fires. And many of many of the people, I was blamed the indigenous community, the small uh, farmer as the one who started the fires. Yes, we do. We, uh, I could say, yes, we have the tradition of slash and burn, but we have the way to protect the fires. Uh, so it's not, you know, spread to another area. And it also have, a, you know, um, uh, our way to protect the natures. And during the, in the, uh, the, yeah, the professor, the, the indigenous leader, I understand that's the scientific uh, behind the, the traditions. So that's, that was amazing. Yeah, if our listeners are actually wondering who is Mr. Dan, who's Dr. Dan and all, um, his name is actually Dr. Dan Spencer. He's the Professor of Environmental Studies in University of Montana. So if you'd like to um, read more about his work, uh, you can just you know, Google Dr. Dan Spencer. And um, Sumani also mentioned about the um, Indigenous leader that we, we've met through one of the classes, and it's actually uh, Ms. Jermaine White. Uh, she's the director of the Native uh, Engagement in the Mansfield Centre. So um, to our listeners, if you are feeling inspired as much as we are and you also want to um, you know, read more about the projects that these people have been doing in, in, in Missoula, uh, in, in the US, uh, please do uh, Google their names. Yeah, Ari, to, to you. Yeah, um, uh, thank you for that, Fatin. <laughs> just, just to introduce some of the... Um, uh, the experts that, that we've engaged with through these classes. And I think uh, they were all uh, really engaging and interesting. There were just a lot of active learning as well, where we will put in the shoes of, you know, like uh, other points of view so we can understand the position and, you know, find out ways to sort of like towards a solution that could benefit the environment and the climate at large. So, yeah, um, how about you, Erica? What were um, some of your favorite classes? Actually, you guys have said it. Um, uh, similar to you guys, I think the most impactful really for me was the environmental ethics class because it really sort of provided a framework of how things are happening in the world. Like, um, as Omarni mentioned, like how why do some people prioritize the economic benefits of the environment? Why don't they just um, conserve or want to conserve the environment for its own sake? Because, you know, it's a part of us. Uh, it really provided uh, all of us these perspectives, these frameworks of, uh, I guess, viewing the world. But I guess in addition to all of your favorite classes, uh, for me, uh, I also really like the in between sessions, not just the classes. Like, uh, for example, we also met with um, U.S. counterparts. Like, we met with the classes of um, Dr. Dina Mansour. We had to go on, like, sort of these dates with them on the weekends, virtual dates, to really um, learn about how they go about their lives and also um, them learning about us. So we are able to share uh, perspectives from Southeast Asians because I think I remember uh, they were saying that they were never really aware or they were not really familiar with, I guess, Southeast Asian countries. And in addition to that, I also enjoyed the, I guess, the sessions where all of us 
had to share things about our home countries. So I enjoyed learning more about, for example, the environmental challenges in Indonesia, in Malaysia, and, you know, just being able to find, like, the similarities in all our experiences. Like, oh, yeah, this is really why we're all here together because even if we live in different countries, uh, we can see how we are all experiencing the same things. Like, we're all experiencing the floods and the typhoons and the extreme heat every year, uh, which is really, you know, signs of global warming. So I think the in-between classes have also sort of strengthened, uh, I guess, the theory that we are learning from uh, the other classes in the program. Mm. Exactly, Erica. And I feel like those uh, supplementary or uh, classes that are not stringent to the whole team of the project is something that elevated the experience quite largely. Uh, we got to know we had our own buddies right from uh, the US and we and for me actually I brought him around uh, Bandar Sri Bhagawan which is a city here in Brunei I showed him around the parts and he showed me as well how the campus was in Montana so uh, that was really exciting so I can't wait to visit this uh, soon when we go there so uh, thank you everyone for sharing but I think the most important uh, part of this uh, program was actually the development of a small sort of like group project how we how f- the four of us came together you know and made this podcast so maybe we can delve a bit into uh, how we have similar interests maybe uh, Fatin can chime in a bit yeah um, I guess if your listeners have uh, been listening from the very beginning, we somehow have the same interests, I would say. Um, so I guess that's also why the Mansfield Center kind of like uh, group us together and they group other people within the same interests as well. Um, so in, 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 our, um, in our case, um, it's, we're very much interested in indigenous people and local communities. And you might be surprised that I would, Ari would say, oh, actually, I, don't, I didn't have any um, experience um, regarding um, local communities or, uh, I mean, uh, indigenous yeah. people in particular, right? But, um, but Ari, you, you, you've always said that uh, you're kind of interested, but you have never been... Yeah, yeah, work. so... Actually, like, you know, uh, somehow we, we were brought here based on similar interests. But uh, what I portrayed as an interest was actually um, sort of like this regional, you know, consultation on um, <laughs> climate, climate action, actually, or climate solutions. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, like, uh, I would like to emphasize that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate to learn about everything when it comes to mm-hmm. environmental protection and I, I think uh, traditional knowledge is one of that important aspects as well so uh, I'm, I'm glad to be learning from everyone here yeah I guess there's a human element to it I would say uh, because often when we talk about environmental issues uh, we take out that human element from it right so um, so having this discussion and having this podcast as a whole, just which is literally called eco-connected. <laughs> so um, it, it's supposed to uh, look at the interconnectedness of, of, of uh, human nature and everything else. Um, 
yeah, I guess the, 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 we, we really started with uh, one of the activities that we were doing uh, during one of the classes, one of the sessions uh, with Waisili Academic uh, Fellowship Program, which was the brain writing activity. It was actually like brainstorming, but we were actually writing our ideas and dumping, like brain, dumps, uh, brain dumping um, our ideas. And our initial idea was to actually uh, create a platform for the Southeast Asian indigenous people and also local community to come together and discuss their like uh, their own experience and also you uh, know in, in a way wanting to amplify their voices but again that's like really really big and that's uh, too big for four people four young people from C to actually um, uh, do um, so um, that's why we kind of like limit the scope a little bit um, do you want to um, uh, talk about it a bit Erica and how we scope it down from that very very big idea yeah, so uh, jumping off from Fatim, so originally we wanted to, I guess, sort of bring all the communities together and like document the similarities and differences in their experiences. And, you know, um, when we were thinking about like the limited budget and all the <laughs> practical aspects, we realized that we can't really do this uh, if we had uh, limited funding so we actually decided to just focus on maybe starting with documenting one indigenous community and uh, we were thinking that this can be the jump off point for bigger projects in the future like just amplifying one and then scaling it up later on and because Sumarni was uh, actually part of an indigenous community. So we decided to focus on her community and to really like document the practices of, I guess, the Dayak community in terms of how do they address uh, food security or how do they do uh, forest conservation and all that. So this uh, eventually turned out to be the project that we presented in class because uh, part of the YCLE academic fellowship program is to develop the project and then present it later on to get comments from your other peers and from the mentors. And I remember we called this project Behas uh, Beras Bigas because we were just sort of um, thinking, okay, what words do we have in common or what words sound together? And because we were talking about food security uh, as a Southeast Asian I guess region we all like rice our rice is very important to us and we realized that um, the, we call the grains of rice um, the, the way that we call the grains of rice is quite similar so for example for me it's bigas um, for Fatin and Sumarni it's uh, uh, it's behas and then beras so yeah, uh, we had um, we had all these grand ideas of you know uh, even going to the communities and um, also consulting with them um, what they want amplified or what they want to tell to the world about their practices. But eventually, I guess after some time, we realized that it would not be feasible, primarily because we all lived in different countries and then 
because of the pandemic, we won't be able to fly out to Samarni's area and really help out with all the work. So that's sort of what lead us to start thinking again, start brainstorming and brainwriting again of what we can do as a team, even if we live in different countries. So Samarni, do you want to share how we ultimately uh, uh, yeah. The podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it also we also, also why we wanted to actually why we choose uh we all of us have the similar interest in the indigenous and local knowledge how uh, we wanted to amplify and also mainstreaming the knowledge to the global audience but also respect it uh, respect uh the the community too but about um yes we present the idea uh, during the for uh, the class, but and then many changes in the way. Yeah, because of yeah, uh, our idea is start filming on uh, in January, but then you know in central Kalimantan we experience um, many of natural disasters and the life of the people are changing dramatically and then we, I think that we cannot do the filming and then and then that's why we are four of us again come back uh, have a discussion and what we wanted to do next but because we have the interest in mainstreaming the uh, indigenous and local knowledge and then oh, how about using podcasts because now Podcast is um, uh, one of the favorite uh, growing uh, platforms in Southeast Asia, and we can uh, not only able to share one uh, knowledge from one community, but also we can invite uh, another people from another community um, to share the knowledge, the experience to to address uh, the uh, you know the issue, especially about the climate, about the forest protection and everything. And yeah, we also wanted to um, using this platform to connect people, you know, in Southeast Asia, so they can uh understand like for example i'm from uh, indonesia and then there maybe there is a episode from philippine and i can learn about uh, the culture in philippine the issue and then how they tackle the problems and yeah like that so we can share not only from one community but as another community and we also wanted to like the special about our podcast is about we the interconnectedness Sometimes when we talk about improvement, we only see that from the improvement perspective. But actually, there are so many connectedness in the uh, in the sectors, like uh, to the humans, to the to the climates, to the economics, to the health, and everything. So we wanted to share that uh, it's very important to see one one topic from uh, another aspect to another point of view and see the interconnectedness of the other things. I hope I explained it quite well. Yeah. I think that's all right. That's perfect. So, yeah, it was perfect. Okay, so uh, now our listeners, uh, I hope you understand how uh, our podcast came to be. But everyone, uh, what are your visions for the podcast? You know, what, what, what do you happen to hope to happen in the future? For example, and you know, uh, 
how do we see this podcast being uh, sort of like a change maker in in the region here? Maybe you can start with Sumani. You seem like <laughs> you have an idea. Yeah, um, actually, I have a maybe two hopes from this podcast. First, you know, we are using the podcast to share uh, the knowledge from uh, from the community, and I hope that using the podcast we can amplify the and um, mainstreaming the indigenous knowledge. And you know, because there are many stereotype about indigenous people, indigenous knowledge. So I hope this can be a, a platform for people to share and also open their minds about the uh, indigenous knowledge and also giving a space for the people, especially indigenous and local community to speak up um, regarding uh, the climate uh, or improvements uh, solutions. Because up until now, even though uh, in the outside community or in the western world uh, people are already giving us a little space but not in indonesia or many space like that so yeah i hope that uh using the podcast uh can we can be uh sort of you know to to, to people see uh the the truth or the knowledge of indigenous people and also uh one of the big issue uh, about indigenous and local knowledge is that you know many of the young people they do not learn from the elders anymore and uh, most of the indigenous knowledge and practices uh, you know you, you pass that to not written knowledge but you have to pass it from uh, the old generation to the next to the next generation and what happen if the the next generation do not understand or do not know or do not want to to learn about the knowledge and it will disappear and that's a big issue in my hometowns in central kalimantan because many of the uh, old and ancient uh, knowledge uh, are disappearing uh, and when it disappears, it means all the wisdom within the knowledge will also disappear and we cannot learn so that, uh, uh, although that there are many uh, of the knowledge have a good solutions for what we are having now, the issue of climate change and environment destruction. So yeah, I really hope a big things from this podcast. Let's hear from Fatin. Um, what do you hope to... Yeah vision for um, this i think it's for me i really hope it can be a safe space for people um of different understanding of this topic um if, you, if you're if you're new to this topic it's okay you can definitely listen to this um and and of course we're going to invite a lot of experts and also community uh, people from the community itself um so that would give a lot of um, perspectives, I would say, because, um, and like I said, uh, from different levels, that perspective from different levels, it could be we're um, inviting people from academia, we could invite people as a community member, for example. So I think it'd be interesting and it would be a safe space for all of us to digest uh, this idea of interconnectedness of people and also the environment. And, and, and uh, one thing that I've always uh, tell myself is that, uh, when it comes to the environment or nature uh, or the world itself, uh, it's all about reciprocity, right? The way we treat the environment is how the environment will treat us. So I think that's also something that I re I hope this podcast would highlight and, and how everything is very much 
um, uh, connected. Um, so we are here to, and we are inviting you listeners um, to, to, to be in this journey with us, uh, to go through and, and digest um, and all these interconnectedness that we humans have uh, with the environment. Uh, yeah, that's, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Really emphasized on the interconnectedness there. And uh, let's hear a bit from Erica as well. I guess for me, uh, it's kind of similar to Fatim and Sumarni. So um, even if we started off with such a huge vision for what we really wanted to do, we had to sort of limit our scope, you know, to what is practical. But I'm hoping that through the podcast, it's actually going to be the starting point for us to first um, connect the different communities in Southeast Asia to learn from each other. And then second, to, uh, as Fatin has mentioned, to really like uh, have this community of listeners who maybe when starting out, they didn't know anything about the topic. But soon later on, um, uh, after listening to the podcast and after maybe starting to engage more, they can also be our I guess, co-advocates for um, local and traditional knowledge and its connections with the environment. Like, I'm hoping that maybe in the future, uh, even if we just started with a podcast, um, it can also be the platform where both uh, listeners and advocates can interact with the different um, communities that we, uh, that we uh, feature in this a podcast and yeah hopefully just to really grow maybe so that uh, we can be able to feature the different um, communities in Southeast Asia because there's a lot like only here in the Philippines we have more than a hundred and even so in Indonesia I know there's also a lot and even if there are similarities in all these communities there's also differences and I think it's also important to be able to show it to our listeners. So yeah, I hope the podcast will grow and uh, ultimately come back to our original vision of being a platform. Yeah, Rika, essentially we are also not experts, everybody. Uh, we are interested in the topic, but uh, of course we're going to invite people who are experts to talk about these, these topics. So we are all learning together, so don't worry. Really So yeah, um, some sort of uh, some some examples that I think I could relate to as well. Um, this this vision for the podcast is, you know, I hope that it's a platform where everyone could learn, especially when it comes to the environment. And I believe that's something that's missing, at least from my point of view, in our region here in Southeast Asia, and. You know, like just hearing from different perspectives, especially from the traditional knowledge area, I I think is going to, you know, solidify our identity more and also to implement these uh, new ways in solving sort of like climate change or um, protecting the environment or, you know, ways to protect the environment in in a sense. So... Yeah, it's just like I hope this platform could be 
something that w- would be impactful for uh, the listeners here as well and just to uh, you know something to think about or maybe something that you could do yourself in in a way of listening or learning from our uh, podcast and i think uh, sumani wants to chime in here a bit on the podcast so, uh, yeah yeah maybe i wanted to uh, maybe some of you uh, not really get the idea of what the interconnectedness of the you know what happened uh, of the cultures uh, people and improvements uh, that also something that we wanted to highlight here uh, using the podcast you know for example uh, here we have the maybe many knowledge begins all the knowledge from uh, modern schools scientific and so not all of us can have the opportunity to learn from the traditions or local or indigenous knowledge if you are not part of the community. Therefore, we wanted to bring this knowledge to mainstreaming it using the podcast. Like for example, um, in the rural indigenous knowledge, we don't have the machine to predict the weather or if the today will be rains or today, uh, as it's the beginning of the dry seasons. But you know, the, the indigenous on the local community, they really depends on the weathers. They they start everything with the time and place. And one of the way to to predict the weather is using the sounds of the bird, like for example, of the here certain we call it bubut bird here in Daya community. When you hear the voice, it's it's give you a message that uh not long um no it will start uh rain seasons and you can uh first you have to hard face your uh paddies or you have to prefer for the worst scenario if you hear the the sun very loud and if you give you signal so it's you know present you the idea of why people uh see the nature not only as nature not only as a tree or uh, or a bird or animal, they see it as, uh, you know, because they live together, they see signals, they message, and then that's why in the many indigenous community, they live in harmony with the nature, they understand its orders and protects its order. And there's something that we wanted to also present using this podcast. Yeah, and uh, I think what Sumazni said, like uh, that, traditional knowledge and she she just expressed quite a bit of what it is it's, it's sort of like a way of living in a way and uh, a way of living in harmony with with the environment and uh, listeners look forward to more of that in our future episodes so let's hope we can all reach the, these grand visions for our podcast it being a platform for knowledge new knowledge in the region and also just you know a platform where somehow we can also enact change in in a sense of the word eventually and you know promoting advocacy as a whole so we're almost at the end of the first episode but before that let's you know quickly share what our listeners can expect for the next few episodes so yes yeah Fatin. uh yeah sorry thank you um I guess uh, we have mentioned a lot about traditional and local knowledge, right? But 
again, um, we were focusing on the interconnectedness of human culture and also in the environment. And of course, it's not just local and traditional, right? Uh, we are going to try to look into some modern uh, approaches as well. Um, for example, uh, there are some modern approaches being used in cons conservation, particularly like the use of camera traps and, and how these modern approaches can actually uh, coexist with uh, all these local and traditional knowledge that Sumarni has mentioned um, and, and how these two can actually coexist and um, cater or address um, environmental issues that we have. And of course, since we are all South Asians and we will try our best to give you uh, listeners um, the, the, the very Southeast Asian perspectives, uh, also along with our uh, sound of chickens uh, outside of the house. And also it will be accompanied by um, uh, grass cutting um, sound as well. So it, it comes in package, but, but again, essentially uh, we would like to uh, bring all these um, topics uh, to you um, in a very much um, Southeast Asian perspective. Yeah. I guess in addition to what Fatina has already mentioned, uh, here in this podcast, the listeners can also expect that um, we will bring in people from different backgrounds. So uh, as we mentioned, we will be bringing in uh, people from local and traditional communities. But at the same time, um, we will also bring in experts like conservation experts, maybe economic and policy experts, and put them in one setting, like uh, make them discuss and I guess share perspectives from both ends. So you can expect to listen to panel discussions because usually uh, in this day and age, it's usually, okay, um, there's this uh, economic approach. But then there's also this um, local approach. So how can these two approaches come together? And we will have this in panel discussions. And of course, um, as Suwarni has mentioned, uh, we also want uh, listeners to be able to connect to the environment in their own ways. So it's not just, of course, the communities that we will be talking about, how they connect to the environment. It's also how you as uh, individual listeners can connect with the environment, especially in this modern digital age. So yeah, uh, those are what you can expect from this podcast. Okay, and I think uh, that's a wrap for eConnected's first episode. So thank you for sharing your insights, everyone, and perspectives. And we hope the listeners you know, have, have been given clarity on, you know, why we did our podcast here. So stay tuned because for the next episodes, we'll be having guests here at eConnected providing their very unique perspectives. Yeah, sorry. I think um, I really hope also that our listeners or young people in South Asia, um, they kind of like um, exposed to the idea of YCLA as well, like the program that we talk, I've talked about before. And if, if they're interested to be in it, um, and, and um, along with our journey of, of, of coming uh, to this um, podcast, essentially. Um, yeah, uh, I really hope to see everyone and also our listeners in our next episodes. Yes, uh, we hope... Uh... We hope, uh, I hope you can, you can join our interactive sessions in the future as well because we will be having those uh, maybe twice this year. So please uh, stay tuned for what's to come. 
and e-connected. And that's a wrap for e-connected's first episode. Hey, thank you um, to, I mean, everyone here uh, for sharing your insights and perspectives, especially uh, with like our journey from like zero and then coming into this idea of doing this e-connected podcast. Yeah, well, we hope we hope that even if this was like a conversation between us four, we hope that the listeners have at least been able to give uh, to have clarity on why are we are doing this podcast, and we hope that the listeners are also inspired uh, to listen to the future episodes. Yeah, stay tuned because for the next episode, we will have uh, various guests that will share uh, their knowledge and also experience uh, for the next episode. Okay, stay tuned everybody. Bye. 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 See you guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We would like to thank the Mansfield Center and the YCD program for making this podcast possible. If you wanted to learn more about the eConnected podcast, do follow and subscribe to our social media channel. Link it in the description box below. See you next time. Jumpa lagi. Paalam. Selamat panalu.